This is Healthcare Strategies. This podcast was recorded remotely due to the coronavirus pandemic. As a result, the quality may be a little lower than our usual standards. We appreciate your patience as we practice social distancing. From all of us at Intelligent Healthcare Media, stay healthy, stay safe, and enjoy the latest episode of Healthcare Strategies. Welcome to the latest installment of Healthcare Strategies. This is Kyle Murphy, Vice President of Editorial at Extelligent Healthcare Media. With the nationwide vaccination program underway, the end to the pandemic is on the horizon, but it's likely to bring increased activity as providers, payers, government agencies, and others work to deal with the lasting impact of COVID-19 and return their focus to preventive care and wellness. In today's special episode, editors across the Extelligent Healthcare Media Network will be sharing trends and expectations for the coming year. Without further ado, let's kick things off. Hi, my name is Eric Wickland, and I'm the editor of M Health Intelligence. As we venture into 2021, we're going to be seeing a lot of activity around telehealth and M Health, both of which saw a lot of use in the past year thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. Emergency measures enacted at the federal and state levels have opened the doors to improved coverage and access, giving more providers the opportunity to use the technology. But many of these measures will end with the public health emergency, whether that be this year or next. And it'll be up to state governments, federal agencies like CMS and Congress to take action and keep this momentum going beyond the pandemic. Some states have already taken that step, but Congress is lagging behind and the federal government is, well, focused on other things right now. There's sure to be a lot of talk as well about addressing the biggest barriers to telehealth, broadband accessibility, license portability, and restrictive payer guidelines, to name a few. Telehealth won't work unless everyone can use it. That means rural and underserved communities need the resources to log on and connect with doctors and nurses, and health systems need the broadband capacity to extend their platforms as far as they can go. This is where programs like the FCC's COVID-19 telehealth program and Connected Care Pilot may make a difference. We'll be watching them closely. Providers also want to treat patients no matter where they're located and not have to go through the complicated process of getting a license to practice medicine in every state in which they see a patient. So we'll be keeping an eye on efforts to develop interstate licensing compacts and license portability protocols. And finally, the reins need to be loosened on telehealth so that it can be used by more providers, specialists, counselors, nurses, and even social workers, and in more locations from federally qualified health centers and community health clinics to rural critical access hospitals and even the patient's home. In terms of how connected health is delivered, we're going to be seeing a lot of talk around asynchronous or store and forward telehealth, which opens up the possibilities for care without the need for video and gives both patient and provider the leeway to interact on their own terms. A number of health systems are using this platform for direct-to-consumer and urgent care services and for first contact with COVID-19 patients. It'll be interesting to see how this platform evolves. And we'll certainly find a lot of time to discuss remote patient monitoring, uh, one of my favorite projects coming into the new year. It's a platform that moves patient care out of the hospital and into the home, and one that's been seeing a lot of innovation in use with COVID-19. These programs which combine telemedicine technology and mHealth tools with in-person care could form the backbone for the value-based care ecosystem of the future as we look to improve patient outcomes and engagement while reducing waste, cost, and stress on the provider. 
All in all, I expect a busy year ahead. Thanks for listening, and please stay in touch. Hi, I'm Sarah Heath, Managing Editor at Extelligent Healthcare Media and Lead Editor on Patient Engagement, HIT. Heading into 2021, healthcare leaders can expect to see a continued emphasis on patient engagement technology and connected health. Sparked by the global pandemic in 2020, patients are likely to continue using technologies like telehealth. In fact, some polls are saying more than 80% of patients who use telehealth for the first time during the pandemic will access it again after the pandemic is over. Most experts agree telehealth proved to be a convenient and easy-to-use pathway to access care, and it'll be too hard to get the genie back into the proverbial bottle once the pandemic subsides and more in-person care can safely resume. Patients really like telehealth, experts agree, and they're going to want to see at least a hybrid of in-person and telehealth care in the future. Remote patient monitoring tools and other connected patient engagement technologies are also sure to stick into 2021 as well. These technologies were effective at keeping patients connected to their medical providers when they were otherwise not really able to access care, at least in person. But those benefits weren't seen across the board. Data shows that not every patient was really able to access telehealth during the pandemic, with most of those disparities falling along racial lines. And it wasn't just healthcare technology access. The COVID-19 pandemic embodied racial health disparities that were seen far before the virus actually struck. But now there are more conversations bubbling up about social determinants of health, health equity, and system inequality, and the bias that has led to such deep disparities in outcomes. Moving into 2021, you can expect to see more efforts to provide equitable access to health care and address other latent racial health disparities. Hello, I'm Jacqueline LaPointe, Director of Editorial and Editor of RevCycle Intelligence. 2021 will be a major year for healthcare finance professionals. They will be tasked with operating a healthcare organization in probably the leanest way it has ever seen. At the same time, they must ensure the organization is still engaging in innovation to attract consumers, maintain high-quality affordable care, compete with disruptors, and more. This has the potential to make or break finance professionals. To stay on the former rather than latter side, revenue cycle and finance leaders will be keeping a close eye on policy and regulation, fee schedules, Conditions of participation, new price transparency rules, these have always been important, both the dawn of a new presidential administration and some changes in Congress. There will likely be a new regulatory mentality, especially when it comes to health coverage and value-based reimbursement. Speaking of value-based reimbursement, a major lesson healthcare providers learned in 2020 is that fee-for-service isn't the best system during a pandemic. Value-based reimbursement models saved many providers when they had to implement new ways of delivering care, and this could be the key to building a more resilient system in 2021 and beyond. Finally, flexibility will be critical in 2021. The pandemic may have permanently changed the healthcare business model, so revenue cycle and finance professionals need the tools to adapt. These tools could include data analytics that can predict and model different scenarios. Teams must also be willing to change course the second the situation calls for it, because as we all learned in 2020, you don't necessarily know what could happen. Hi, this is Kelsey Waddell, an editor for healthpayerintelligence.com. In 2021, payers can expect to build on lessons learned during the height of the pandemic in 2020. For example, integrating virtual care and telehealth into the healthcare system more permanently will be key 
During the pandemic, payers and providers had to leverage telehealth for a broad spectrum of uses. In doing so, healthcare professionals learned some of the situations for which telehealth and virtual care are best suited and the ones for which they are not quite as suited. Behavioral and mental health care, diagnostic work, and some primary care services have emerged as areas that can really benefit from telehealth utilization. So those will be uses that payers may expand on and innovate for this year. Gene therapy coverage will also return as a key topic in 2021. After a tumultuous time when we were really relying on a cell gene therapy as our only hope, payers will now want to revisit creative new payment models for more expensive, life-saving treatments. Payers will also want to move toward integrating behavioral health care and physical health care. The Path Forward initiative has included physical and behavioral health care integration as one of its five methods for securing behavioral health care reform. 2020 taught us that at the end of the day, there is no telling what's around the corner. Thus, payers will also want to move in a more decisive way towards real-time predictive models instead of relying so heavily on historical data to predict future costs. And of course, payers will enter 2021 with a renewed focus on long-term value-based care models that seek to address social determinants of health. The coronavirus pandemic demonstrated to many providers the benefits of a value-based care model, specifically global payment and capitated payment models. This year, payers will continue to usher providers into value-based contracts, and they will also pursue long-term solutions for social determinants of health barriers. Hello. I'm Emily Sokol, Director of Research at Extelligent Healthcare Media. There's one major topic or trend for 2021 on the pharmaceutical side of the healthcare industry, and that's vaccine development and distribution. We already saw in 2020 an unprecedented research and development process for creating two COVID-19 vaccines. A part of that speed was because of vaccine development technologies, and another piece was manufacturing. On the development side, the genetic code for COVID-19 was sequenced just two months after the disease first emerged in Wuhan, China. This gave researchers the ability to model the COVID-19 vaccine off of other successful vaccines, but adapt it to COVID-19's unique genetic code. The coronavirus also is a new type of vaccine, using mRNA to fight against the disease. Many previous vaccines used a weak or inactive version of the disease it was trying to inoculate patients against, but an mRNA vaccine uses genetic materials to trigger an immune response inside the body. This response creates antibodies that fight off the disease. And then on the distribution side of things, mass production was taking place simultaneously with large-scale clinical trials. This meant that when the vaccine was scientifically proven effective, manufacturers could flip a switch and begin distribution, and that's exactly what we saw happen. Now, as we move into 2021 and large-scale vaccination efforts are beginning, the pharmaceutical industry and manufacturers will need to continue grappling with rolling out doses of the vaccine. An added challenge for the COVID-19 vaccine is that it needs a booster shot. So manufacturers will need to ensure that there are enough doses for each person to receive both in the time frame that they need. Coordinated and timely responses from stakeholders is going to be essential moving forward. And I think this speaks to a bigger trend that we'll see across the industry in and beyond 2021, and that's the speed of innovation in research and development. It's truly unprecedented a vaccine could be rolled out so quickly. So this begs the question what other innovations, vaccines, drug treatments, etc., could roll out with a large, coordinated, and resource-intense response. Could we see this speed for future vaccine developments? I think so, and further, I think we're going to come to expect it. With this increase in the speed of development also comes implications outside of COVID-19. I would predict that biosimilars will continue to grow in their use and importance in 2021. These agents are developed in parallel to an already FDA-approved biologic, and they use the same active substances. 
Experts believe that biosimilars work in the same way that generic drugs will, and thus can help offset the rising drug prices. The speed and innovation laid out in a COVID-19 response means there's really no reason that biosimilars cannot take off. We already showed how drugs can be developed quickly and safely when we have a starting point, and the FDA has demonstrated its ability to respond quickly for approvals. So I hope that the collaboration that we've seen in response to COVID-19 continues across the industry, not only in response to ending the pandemic, but in response to ending countless other diseases. Hi, I'm Jessica Kent, an editor for Health IT Analytics. While 2020 was a disruptive year for all sectors of healthcare, the fields of AI and data analytics in particular saw significant growth. The industry increased its use of these tools in response to the pandemic, using them in areas ranging from disease surveillance to patient risk assessment. But in 2021, AI and machine learning tools are expected to play an even bigger role in healthcare. A recent report from KLAS and the Center for Connected Medicine found that health system technology leaders believe AI is one of the most promising emerging technologies of the next two years. Hospitals and health systems will likely use AI to enhance operations, clinical decision-making, and visibility to keep pace with the demand for virtual care. The technology will also start to become a vital tool in other areas due to the impact of the pandemic. As Joe Corkery, MD, Director of Product Management at Google Cloud, told Health IT Analytics, quote, Machine learning and data analytics are going to play a really important role in understanding the spread of disease, as well as understanding the effectiveness of our different responses to disease. We've seen drug discovery at scale and the effect of data analytics in real time. This kind of research is highlighting the fact that there are a lot of new things that we can do to make data analytics more easily repeatable and specific to healthcare use cases. Also a direct result of the pandemic, the heightened focus on and use of social determinants of health data. Notoriously difficult to access and share, social determinants data became absolutely essential during the pandemic in order to understand who would be most impacted by the virus and why. So now more than ever, partnerships between healthcare and community organizations are critical to identify and address individuals' social determinants of health. In 2021, we'll likely see a lot more of these cross-sector collaborations, as well as a closer look at the socioeconomic factors that make some populations more vulnerable to disease than others. Researchers have already started examining the non-clinical factors that contribute to patient disease risk and mortality. Most recently, in a study showing that racial disparities in cancer and COVID-19 outcomes stem from very similar factors. According to John M. Carruthers, MD, Chair of Internal Medicine at Michigan Medicine and co-author of the study, quote, In cancer, we are seeing in slow motion what has been observed rapidly with COVID, that same conditions in our society put specific groups at risk for both. If we can fundamentally change socioeconomic inequality, we theoretically could reduce disparities in both diseases. COVID-19 has highlighted the importance of social determinants data, something that will definitely continue on in 2021. Hello, I'm Jessica Davis, Senior Editor of HealthITSecurity.com. In September, federal agencies warned of a targeted ransomware wave on the healthcare sector, which brought more than a dozen health systems into EHR downtime. These attacks have already continued into this year, and for 2021, ransomware will remain the leading healthcare cybersecurity trend, in addition to the threat of insiders. While ransomware typically dominates headlines, the risk of insiders cannot be overlooked. There have been massive phishing campaigns and social engineering attacks that find success as they prey on human nature. Providers must strengthen their employee security education and training if they hope to keep pace with the sophistication of these attacks. And as noted in several recent reports, healthcare remains a prime hacking target given the financial success threat actors are finding in these attacks and the ease in which they exploit COVID-19 news trends, including treatments and the global vaccine rollout. 
data exfiltration is occurring in nearly half of all ransomware attacks as well, which security leaders have frequently explained means the healthcare sector can no longer sustain its current cybersecurity models and methods if it hopes to rise to these security challenges. The evolution of these threats throughout the last year means it's imperative for providers to stop employing a reactive security posture to respond to these threats. Proactive security and the need to implement a zero-trust infrastructure is paramount and should be the focus of every healthcare security and IT leader into the coming year. That concludes today's episode. A special thanks to our editors and to you, listeners. If you're interested in learning more, visit any of our publications at Extelligent Healthcare Media. What trends do you think will be important in your area of the healthcare industry? Share your thoughts with us by tagging us on Twitter or LinkedIn or email us at podcast at extelligentmedia.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.